0: Well, hey guys, you know what? We just got done, kind of, sort of experiencing episode six of Star Trek: Picard, and we're going to talk about it because that's what we do on this show. We talk about Star Trek: Picard. We talk about Star Trek. I mean, it's a thing that we do, and I mean, right, Eric? I mean, that's that's what we do.
1: That's a thing that we do. It absolutely is. We talk about Star Trek. I am ready to talk about this episode. Are you definitely ready?
0: Are you ready to engage?
1: I am ready to engage. Okay, we should probably make it so then. Let's make it so. Are you ready to boldly go? Let's open up that impossible box.
0: Oh boy, I, I love the Rubik's Cube with like a little... the green uh, toy sh- soldier coming out, that was, that was great. Don't you just want to smash it to get the prize inside? I do, it's like a box pinata, I love it. I wonder if... Yeah. I mean, can you put anything in there? Like, could I put like it, like a re- it looked like it. I mean, can I put like you know like a credit card that I don't want to use and like forget how to open the thing?
1: <laughs> you could probably just cut the credit card up if you don't want to use it. I mean,
0: there's that too. I mean, why do you have to be so, you know, rational about that?
1: That's what I do. It, apparently, apparently, it's what you do. I'm the logical one here.
0: I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one w- <laughs> which anyway by the way guys so th- y'all don't know this but like I actually um, I sent Eric a text I think earlier this week and I was like Eric and you'll remember this Eric what's the history of order of operations Wh- what- when did it originate like PEMDIS and stuff like that I was trying to settle an argument that's why I, I sent you that text
1: Yeah, it was kind of random and out of the blue. Like, what? What is he asking?
0: So, just for those of y'all listening, I was at um, a doctor's office, and in the waiting room, there was... um, I don't know if it was a current or an old episode of Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady, and it was towards the end of the show where they go around picking random folks and you know answer this random question, and I'll give you like 500 bucks. So, the announcer guy... Uh, pulls one of the uh, the contestants and's like, if you can solve this problem, I'll give you 500 bucks and it was two plus four times two. And I have family that are they're watching this it's, and it's ten, and I, and 10 and the guy said ten yeah right So the guy said 10 and like my family's like, that's wrong. he's dead wrong. Why would they give him five hundred dollars? I'm like, what was the question? Did you like tell me? Because I I didn't hear it at the time. And they're like two plus four times two. I'm like
1: that's ten. Like no, it's not. It's not ten. Like it's order of yes. operations. Yes, it is. Yes, I am a math professor, and I am telling you the answer is ten. And that's what I said. And like it literally all I do every day is just <laughs> math.
0: <laughs> I got into an argument. It was bad. It was really really bad. And like. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but it was a, it was not a pleasant conversation. It was a very bad argument, and I'm like, no, it's ten. You do parentheses, then your exponents. If you don't got that, then you do multiplication or division, then you do addition or subtraction. I remember things. Yeah, sometimes that's
1: cool. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I there's a lot of things that I've forgotten because I have to make way for like Star Trek. Like, have you ever seen those like memes of like? There's an outline of the brain, and it's, like, this part of the brain is, like, this is what I put in here, and this is what I put in here. I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. Like, like mine is, like, big chunk Star Trek, and the rest of it is, like, math. And there's, like, a little tiny sliver (laughs) of, like, emotional issues.
0: Oh, yeah, I think my brain is, like, certainly fairly comparable like with like the star trek stuff it's just like geek subculture is really what like my brain compartment is but it, like you know like you have like that compartment and you can choose to fill it whatever you want and for me it's mainly star trek with a little bit of doctor who and some other stuff mixed in for good measure just to so i can keep my uh, my geek card and, you know my geek cred up to snuff so all right have we have we rambled and gone in the
1: weeds yet? We are already off the rails. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, we did it! We did it, guys. We did it.
0: We're five minutes in, we've already done it. Oh, good night. I think that's just our thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having a pleasant conversation then we're way off the reservation in short order, so there we go.
1: Yeah, but we always find our way back.
0: Yes. Always find our way back to the Enterprise, yep. or whatever ship, or stationed, or freighter, whatever. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So there was an episode that just dropped on Star Trek: Picard, and it's called, you know, Episode Six, otherwise known as the Impossible Box. And we're kind of joking around about that uh, at the the beginning about little toy soldier, but um, we'll we'll get we'll get to the actual impossible box or just the box, whatever it is, whatever the impossible box is actually referring to uh, a little later on. Uh, And this, like all the episodes picks up right after the one just before it, uh, which makes sense. And once again, we're dealing with more flashbacks and uh, some other stuff, but I want to say this. I know that I've been kind of a butthole when it came to the whole, like, flashback thing. I'm not saying that I'm over it, but I will say that I rather enjoyed this flashback. And the use of the flashback.
1: Is this a flashback? If I remember- I mean, because this is a dream, right? This is- It's- Soji- Soji's having a dream. I would- It's not really a flashback, because it didn't actually happen. Well- I mean,
0: nothing with Soji really happened,
1: right? But that's true.
0: But like the fact that we're using this this bit of of the show, you know, inserting it into the flashback portion of the formula. Right.
1: It, it serves the same purpose yes. as the flashbacks have. That's, so that's true.
0: It, it's yeah. So it's you're, you're it's true. It's not truly a flashback. So I guess that's part of the reason I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs>
1: No, I'm actually okay with this too, because it wasn't just, okay, this is the flashback and then we go to the rest of the story. This was something that continued to have meaning throughout the whole episode. Yes. And that was referred to and was included along with the plot.
0: Yeah, it wasn't just a one and done kind of thing like we've been seeing with these, these other episodes. And for me, that's been a very refreshing thing, like with this episode in particular.
1: Yeah, I like that too. The other thing that I really liked about this episode is that it was longer. Yeah. Right? I know, like, we've been so beholden to this, like, 43, 44-minute time window that you would have to have on t- on regular TV with commercials. But, you know, we're so used to streaming services having longer episodes, right? 50, 55, 60 minutes. And I really thought that that was effective here.
0: Yeah, I, I did too, and... You know, at one point, I was like, man, is this is this episode about to end? And then, like, there's, like, a brief break, and it, it just keeps going. I was like, was that as long as I thought it was? Because, I mean...
1: Yeah, it's like 55 minutes. It And, like,
0: the thing is, it felt like it, but it didn't feel like it.
1: No, it, it, I, I totally understand what you mean. It, it was long because there was a lot of stuff going on. But it didn't, like, drag on. It just kept moving. And so that was really nice. This was...
0: I'm gonna probably be singing this episode's praises the most.
1: Oh, oh me too. I, this this might be my favorite episode.
0: I'm right there with you, my dude. Um, like...
1: Like... This is the episode that we have been waiting for ever since the last five minutes of episode one. We've been waiting for this right here to happen. Yeah. And I am so glad we got it. Yeah. I don't know why it took so long to get it, but this is everything that we wanted.
0: Yeah. It, the the pacing was right. I'm just going to go ahead and just start gushing. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, let's do it. So <laughs> the pacing, I thought, was like very well done. It was very well balanced. Um, it had enough fast parts, had enough slow parts to where it wasn't clunky. Um and I'm going to save my highest praise for a little later on. Not so much like with the story, but with something that kind of happened with some characters. And uh, it, it was just... I just love the heck out of this this episode. And just the, how it was shot, how like they did like the scenes, how they show the XBs. Uh, just the, this whole shoot match was just so well done.
1: Yeah, yeah. This everything about this episode was just good, right? Just good entertainment, good pacing, good shooting, good camera work, Mm -hmm. like everything about this episode just worked for me.
0: Yeah. So, let's... If you guys can't tell, listening, we like this episode a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we like this episode.
0: (laughs) We're already gushing about it like just a few minutes into the recaps for crying out loud. Uh, So... Anyways, we have we have um, young Soji in this dream flashbacky kind of thingy thing, and uh, we get that callback uh, in this dream sequence of when Dodge was talking to Picard um, back in San Francisco about how she got her name and how it was about splicing these these genuses of of flower together to create a whole new one and and we kind of and I'm assuming that what was on display in this dream sequence in this lab was in fact that flower that Dodge was alluding to that she was describing.
1: That that's what I assumed as well. That's what I took away from that scene. Okay. Okay. But once we move out of that that flashback dream whatever, we jump into Nariko and Soji in bed. And if you've listened to these episodes you know that we are both two thumbs down on the Narak and Soji romance, right? Yeah. We both hate that. Hmm. We are not shipping. We are not shipping it.
0: No. No. The no. only ship that I'm shipping is gonna be the Enterprise.
1: Yeah. So, um, I still I think it was a little weird that this is the one thing about this episode that I I don't particularly like is that the last time we saw Soji and Narek, two episodes ago, she basically told him off, right? Yeah. She said, screw you, get out of here, I don't want anything more to do with you. But then now we see them opening up this episode in bed together yeah, again. Yeah, got a little cuddle time, a little pillow talk going on. Yeah, and, and listen, this was absolutely their best interaction, right? Their interactions have been terrible so far, and I actually enjoyed their interactions in this episode. But I just thought it was odd after the way she essentially just told him to go screw himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know what you're talking about. Like with a, like with them doing like their little socks sliding down the hallway on the wax floors of the artifact. I mean, you know, like what are you trying to do, man? Like, are you, you know, like why are you so interested in me? Like, go screw yourself. And yeah, like next thing you know, you know. We get a, we got a break from them last episode, right? Was it last episode?
1: Yeah, that was my favorite thing about last episode yeah. is that they weren't they weren't in it.
0: Yeah, and, and and hands down, like that that was one of the things that I was gonna that I was stopping myself from saying was this episode i th- I thought was the best back and forth with uh, Neric or whatever his real name actually is at yeah, that, at any whatever. given time. That was just well done, especially when we get into like the little blindfold, like trust walk thing later on.
1: Did you did you did your Austin Powers stuff come back in this episode, or was that all gone?
0: There was um, a little hint of Austin Powers, but for the most part, um, yeah, I think they got their mojo back.
1: Sweet. Or what is it, Groovy? Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what. Yeah, baby. Austin Powers. Yeah, baby. Okay, I, <laughs> I've seen Austin Powers once, the first one, once.
0: Should we do an Austin Powers um, episode of Engage?
1: No. I
0: don't know. The listeners might want it, Eric.
1: Well, they might. I'd have to actually watch it. That might be fun if we did it and I didn't watch it, and <laughs> <laughs> we could try and talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, remember that when that one thing happens? That was good. Yeah,
0: man. Let's do it. (laughs) Next week on Engage. (laughs) We're taking a break from Picard. Who needs to watch Picard? Forget that. Okay. We're not actually going to do that.
1: We're not going to do that. No. Unless we do. So it was interesting, um, like, because we have this open with. the the dream, and then we have this pillow talk between Narek and Soji, and I'm thinking, okay, now we're gonna cut to the theme music. But we don't. Right? This, like, cold open teaser, whatever you want to call it, went on for, like, nine minutes. Oh, yes. Right? Maybe the longest, like, teaser in Star Trek history. I don't know. This is long before we get to the the opening credits. I mean,
0: it was, like... I mean, in all honesty, this episode, like in terms of like the cold opener up until the titles going the title sequence going off, was up there with probably like one of the first episodes of Star Trek Discovery, to be completely honest with you, in terms of the the time.
1: Yeah, does Discovery have long cold opens? I can't even remember.
0: Well, I know that with season one, episode one, it was very long. And I wanna okay. say maybe isn't that
1: just isn't the cold open of discovery episode one just Michael and uh, Georgie walking in the desert
0: yeah and then like I think it's really that long and then there's like something else that happens before they eventually get to like their little after effects opening sequence basically
1: okay well that's fine I could be wrong I I could
0: be exaggerating for all I know but it it feels really long
1: I uh I've seen discovery I don't I haven't seen it enough to remember it as well as I remember some of these other things. Okay. Right? But I've got to tell you, this stuff with Picard here, in the teaser, cold opening, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. pure gold. Just pure, pure gold. This is amazing.
0: And we're going to definitely take some time and talk about... I mean, we're going to talk about the whole thing, but like... These Picard moments, like, because he's finally facing his past in a very real, uh, visceral way.
1: Yeah, like, he's, he, what did he says He says, We're going to the Borg cube, and the last time I was there, it was not voluntary. Yeah. Right? And then he's like, Then he says, Gerardi uh, um, says to him, Well, maybe the Borg have changed. And he's changed. Are you kidding me? Like they destroy whole worlds and whole systems in just hours. The board can't change; they metastasize.
0: That was like, like that was amazing line. I love that line. Like
1: that is that like this scene? It's this scene is not quite up there with um first contact with Lily, mm-hmm. right? Because that's like maybe the best individual scene Picard's ever had, right? But this scene is really damn good
0: yes. Yeah, this... And then, like, I love how, like, they kind of downplay the stuff that happened with gerardi even at the end of the last episode. Like, we know that she killed Maddox. Spoilers. But the crew doesn't. And she just yeah. plays it off so cool and, like, no big deal and all that stuff. And you know, kind of wondering, like, if she's going to crack. Now, it's at this, if I'm not mistaken, Eric, it's at this point where we're kind of, you know, trying to figure out, like, what to do and stuff that she's kind of talking about, like, we'll just ask them to come in. I might be getting a scene ahead.
1: No, no, we have to talk about when, after he says the Borg don't change, they metastasize, how he retreats to Chateau Picard... Mm-hmm. In the holodeck, and he, he brings up some information on the computer, and they do that old scene of Lacutus. Okay, yeah. So I was getting they, ahead. Yeah, that's fine. They they cut it. You can see it from one side and then see it from the other side, and they slowly move them together, where the the face of Lacutus moves on to the face of Picard here, mm-hmm. right? And then he, he puts his hand on his head, mm-hmm. un- covering his eye. What? Oh my God! I think I got goosebumps watching I, that. I scene. know I did. That was that was some brilliant filmmaking, right? Yes. there. Yes, yes. Wow, the way it's this camera slowly panned and those two scenes came together. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Come that on, was somebody. Good stuff. Come on. That was good. St- that's good stuff right there. Yeah. That is just genius filmmaking.
0: Yeah, and and, and it's it's at the same part too. Where he goes back to Chateau Picard on the on his holodeck office thing that he also sees Hugh. Like he's going back and forth seeing these these images of like Hugh from Iborg and, and stuff from like twenty years prior and I think he also sees an image of like new Hugh. Like Yeah, he does. Like yeah. the like the reformed Hugh that's now the, the director of the, the reclamation project. So Uh, And, like, kind of piquing his interest, like, oh, Hugh's there? Hugh's involved in this thing? That's kind of cool.
1: And then, and you can see in his mind, he knows that's his way in.
0: Yeah. And and they have to get in as much as he doesn't want to get in. And, God, like, I feel like we're going to be, like, spastic going all over this, because I think we like this episode so dang much.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, uh (laughs) 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 uh-huh.
0: I feel like... I haven't been this excited about some Star Trek in a long time.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. Okay. And then, then now, we get the we get the opening, and then we come to the, I believe, the scene on the bridge.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I was getting things out of place. Sorry, guys. But, um... But, like, they're trying to figure out how to get on to... To this thing. And... We could probably there's there's a lot of I feel like there's like some intercutting between the bridge and the artifact for a little bit. Uh, would you agree?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So, we we're we're trying to figure out how we can get on the artifact, and they don't like they're saying like this can't happen, and you know we're trying to figure out how to get on, and Rafi more or less reaches out to um, a captain friend of hers from whenever she was serving in Starfleet and Girati's over there kind of just saying, well, just ask him to come on board or to be able to board. And I want to talk about Jurati for a second with just something that I was observing. I don't know if you picked up on, on what I might have seen, Eric, but there was like this this type of like mental break, I don't want to call it a mental break, it was more of like a malfunction in how I experienced Girati with what was going on with kind of this whole dialogue of trying to get on the board cube. Did you see that at all or notice that at all?
1: I'm actually not quite understanding what you're trying to say here.
0: When they were when Okay, so they're all at the on the bridge at the La Arena,
1: Right, and Gerardi and says, I think we should just like, say, Hey, I'm a scientist and I have a reason that I want to get on.
0: Mm-hmm. And...
1: And Picard is like, No, we just have to be perfectly honest because if the Romulans don't recognize me immediately, the Borg certainly will because they never forget.
0: And then Gerardi is saying, Well, just ask them if you can come on board and there's some more dialogue going on and there's like this uh, I, I, God, like this maniacal something that's going on on her face and in her her body language and it just looks looks like she's about to just explode
1: I, I didn't notice this so I'll have to go back and watch it again to pay attention to that
0: yeah, it just, like, it just, it like, seemed, it seemed more mechanical in nature, like, like, kind of like... You sti-
1: are you still, are you still, are you trying to convince me that you think she's a synthetic?
0: I'm really not trying to. I, I, I honest right? to God, I'm have not... Have you convinced,
1: have you convinced yourself of it, though?
0: I have not. No. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I, I get... It's
1: a possibility. I'm not dismissing it.
0: I get paid to pay attention to people's body language all day, every day, so...
1: Okay. All right. So, Fair I, enough. it just might be it just
0: might be something that uh, I I just notice and pay attention to. So, um, it could just be me just seeing something that's not actually there. For all I know, uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll have to go back and look at it myself. And if I'm if I'm going crazy or if I'm just losing it, then we'll just dismiss that entirely. Okay. So
1: okay so uh, so I'm curious yeah they bring in Rafi and Rafi's the person who's got some connection that's gonna get them credentials to get on the artifact mm-hmm. Do you really believe that Picard has burned every single bridge and that no what there's no one he could call not at all to get this done for him not I at don't all. believe that either. I absolutely believe somebody out there in Starfleet in the Federation, would be willing to help Picard get on this.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And
1: hundred percent.
0: I mean, he was he was an admiral f- for, gosh, like, a, a, quite a while. Quite yeah, a while. I, I
1: feel I feel like the reason they had um, Rafi do this is because otherwise she would have had nothing to do this episode. Yeah, because the, the, the plot y- demanded she it. She wouldn't. E- she wouldn't even have been in this episode unless they had her do this. Mm-hmm right and so it was like oh we need something for her to do
0: I was I was getting a little excited about this part with Rafi um, yes she had like a devastating blow in the last episode like with her son uh, like trying to mend that that fence and it just was a complete and utter rebuke like 100% like leave me the heck alone and when this was happening I w I've I was personally experiencing her from like a different light, like she was kind of turning over a new leaf, it seemed like with her confidence, her demeanor uh, kind of changed or shifted a little bit, even with her having like a bottle of something right next to her. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was like any kind of inebriation. I really don't. It, it, it literally came across to me like there had been a shift for her. So I was like, okay, maybe this is her really turning over a new leaf. Maybe she's going to choose to be different now. And for all we know, she is. But, and then like after this, like after stuff happens and the captain's like, don't ever, like as a friend, don't ever call me again. Don't ever contact me again. And then she goes to bed and she's like depressed the rest of the time. Like, oh
1: man, come on. I don't know. I I feel like, she tr- was trying to get her life back together for her son, but then after her son rebuked her, I feel like that's what started her backsliding. Mm-hmm. Because if you notice when she first comes up to the the bridge, she's smoking her little snakeweed thing. Yeah. Right? And I feel like she had given that up after the f- after we had met her, and now she's back on it. And she even comes right up onto the bridge with the bottle next to her. Yeah. So I felt like like she wanted to get her life back together but when her son basically said I want nothing to do with you like she said well what do I have to live for at this point
0: mm-hmm. Yeah Yeah I mean she yeah cuz we hadn't I don't think we had seen her you know smoking or vaping anything since
1: since that episode when we first met her, yeah,
0: I mean that was that was it. I mean, even like whenever like the free cloud stuff was like, in their adware stuff was was popping up, she was like scooping that like, crap out the yeah, way, like get, get out of my way, yeah, I don't leave want it anything alone. To do with that, yeah,
1: yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But I just I, I gotta believe that Picard would have had somebody to get him on there.
0: Sure, I mean even I mean we don't know anything about and I know they're not going to do it but we know that that Jordy, for crying out loud was in charge of Utopia Planitia and that they were like stupid close and even if they did have a disagreement they'd still be okay in the end so with him him being potentially a commander or a captain by now I don't know captain of engineering or something you know I I would like to think that he could have at least reached out to Geordi, you yeah, know, Yeah,
1: and that could have been a way to get Jordy into this, right? Yeah. We keep trying to figure out ways to bring back old people, right? That could have been a way to get him in here.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the person in charge of, like, the fleet, like, literally building the fleet.
1: Building the fleet, yeah.
0: I mean, he could have, like, certainly pulled some strings. I mean, Jordy jo- sure. could have even potentially been a Commodore by now and really been able to have the, cr- the credibility to have this diplomatic, you know, mission authorization type stuff in the same way that this random captain did.
1: Yeah, this random captain. We don't even know who she is. We see she's got the four pips, so she's a captain.
0: Yep. And she's wearing Command Red, so definitely a captain.
1: Yep, definitely a captain. But she basically says, do me a favor, don't ever call me again. Like... And I do, think, I do think that scene was funny, how she said, Listen, we're gonna be there in three hours anyway. It's gonna be humiliating if we just show up. <laughs> it's like, if I just, like, was, like, texted you, like, Hey, I'm gonna be at your house in 30 minutes. That's nice, I'm at the bookstore an hour away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Well then I'm like, well just tell me what the code combination is and I'll just come in. <laughs> we don't we don't have one. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just hop the fence and break the window and you can go in.
1: <laughs> Alright. Some people might consider that a crime, like but if, crossing the neutral zone.
0: But if I give you permission. Okay. See? You can see? you can break my stuff. I'll send you the bill later.
1: Oh, oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh good night. All right, so do we do we want to keep talking about the lost Serena, or do we want to talk about the good old board cube and the stuff on the cube?
1: Let's get on to the artifact.
0: All right, all right, guys, buckle up. Here we go. So yeah, let's do we it. We find out that there is authorization granted, and we we're reaching out to the artifact, um, and they recognize the credentials Like, yeah cool come on in but only one person and it's only Picard that's allowed to come in and immediately we, we see that there's this this triggering there's this reaction from this trauma like there's certainly a PTSD moment that Picard is certainly having to face knowing that he is now going about to board beam into a very specific part of the artifact alone Elnor can't come with him and he finally beams aboard, and it's, like, desolate. And yeah, there's no
1: one around.
0: It is, yeah, no one around. And I got to say, dude, whenever I saw this, like, the beaming in part, and, like, ever since, you know, the, the park rides operator from earlier in the, the season was given the spiel, if your button turns green, run. I thought this would have been a perfect opportunity for a Borg to go and try and Reborgify po- Picard. I thought that was going to happen.
1: You thought they were going to beam him into like a bad section of the yeah, cube. Yeah, they were going to beam him where into he, like a hostile,
0: some hostile part of the cube.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because like when that when that guy given the security briefing, he said, "If your badge flashes green, just start running, drop everything you're doing, and run, and don't look back." And I thought for sure when he said that, at some point during this show, we would see somebody's badge turn green, and they would just have to start running. But we haven't seen that yet, so that's interesting. This could have been a moment like that. And
0: it almost kind of sort of happened.
1: It, it seemed like that was what was happening.
0: Yes, and so he's, he's wandering around... Trying to figure out where the devil to go, Uh and there's this very narrow bridge that, and like with like a one or two step kind of thing, that he stumbles, and we see like an arm thing go for him.
1: Yeah, but we see like first we see he looks down, and it like the camera like zooms down and goes through the different levels, and then turns up and like close-up of this Borg's face like, in one of his regeneration cells. Like, really cool shot. Really cool shot.
0: And that was, so that particular shot with that that um, Borg that you were just talking about in the alcove, uh, there was so much speculation about that, like, singular shot. Like, that millisecond of a shot. People legit thought that that was like, a recast of Patrick Stewart as Lacutus. Like, you see that in the trailer, and people are like, oh, wait.
1: Right, it- yeah, we did see that in the trailer. Yeah.
0: Like, is that Lacutus? Like, are they doing like a, a, a modified Lacutus again? And just knowing that it was just some random Borg, just some random yeah. something or another, just chilling, regenerating type of thing. And then. I loved the suspense at this part. I loved how they sh- I loved how they shot everything, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. the The cinematography of this, the lighting, it was just so created such an atmosphere, and it just really put you right into that cube with Picard, and you're disoriented, and you don't know what's going on, and you're seeing these flashes in his mind, and he's just confused and looking around, and then somebody grabs him, and you're like, Ah! What's happening? Exactly. Right. And he's like, Let go of me! Let go of me! Ah! Really good stuff. I I really... I, I, I really love this right here.
0: And, and not that... What I'm about to say doesn't diminish Patrick Stewart at all, but the way that he reacted to this just came off even more genuine than his portrayal of Picard already is like the way oh, yeah, the yeah. way he portrayed the visceral reaction to what was going on was so brilliantly done it was just really good acting really good acting yeah
1: oh yeah really good acting from Patrick Stewart just throughout this entire episode like oh yeah i really just believed every single word he said and with such conviction.
0: Yeah, he is really shining. Like, it, it, he's just like really, really shining in in these more recent episodes, but especially this one.
1: Oh yeah, especially this episode. Yes. Wow. so
0: So yeah, and then you want to take it from here, and what happens next?
1: Well, then, then we hear the voice from off, and he says, when he's saying, Let go of me, don't hold me. And we hear the voice from off in the corner, and he's like, They just don't want you to fall. <laughs> and it's this really reassuring voice, and out of the shadows steps Hugh. And he says, I didn't believe it was you until I just saw you right here. Mm-hmm. And Patrick's, and Picard says, so great to see a friendly face and they have this super sweet embrace this nice hug and totally believed it totally believed it that these two characters would share this embrace right here
0: yeah Yeah. and and Hugh starts to ask about like what the heck are you doing here or why are you here and like what's going on like Start trying to fit, just understand the situation at hand, despite being the director of course, and right. kind of asking about this this random young woman and what's going on with her and uh, I don't know why I like this so much and if I'm getting ahead of myself, just, just tell me, Eric, but the fact that Hugh was like I don't know what's going on, I don't know why you're here, but I'm, I'll i help you. You have my support. You know what I'm talking about? No,
1: no, I absolutely know what you're talking about, and, and I believe it 100% that he would react this way.
0: So, it wasn't so much the way that he reacted, or even what he said, it was... I mean, I guess it was what he said, but it was the fact that here we have a character... Finally, that doesn't seem to hate Picard and blame oh, him for everything.
1: I absolutely, I get what you mean. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I've been saying this throughout the entire, the entire series here, is that everybody that Picard interacts with tells him no, and he seems aghast. He doesn't understand why they keep telling him no. First, Admiral Clancy. Then it was Rafi at first. And then... Right? It was Elnor, and last week it was Seven of Nine at first, and he finally started to get it last week, you're right, but now here it is, right? Somebody is finally saying yes to him right away, and yes, no hesitation, I'm going to do it.
0: An unequivocal yes.
1: Unequivocal yes, whatever you want. Yep. Okay, yeah, absolutely.
0: So anyway so this this kind of things going going on and intermixed with this there's like the Naric and soji stuff going on but we see them walking through the hallways and one of the Borg
1: is like lacutus yeah that's that's toward the end when they're trying a little bit toward the end when they're trying to run and chase after but yeah I get it it was kind of random because it was just one Borg who said it. And it was at the end. It wasn't, like, early on. hmm So it's kind of random.
0: But, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I I love this scene when Hugh is basically giving Picard the tour. And they get to, like, a, a sick bay, for lack of a better word, right? And he's like, what is going on here? What are you doing? He says, this is where we bring people to deal with the trauma of death assimilation mm-hmm. right where they can help them just put things back together and getting a name just giving them names is the first step mm-hmm. it's like I have an identity now and that was like the first thing that I needed right that as Hugh right I was given the name Hugh and that was the first thing that helped me reassert my humanity. And I thought that was a really touching moment from that Hugh said that. I liked,
0: yes, I, I, I agree with that 100%. And the, the scene, like what they're going through that, you know, that sick bay of sorts, that, you know, therapy, PT, whatever place, is there's this younger man. Um, he looks like he's kind of got like an Asian type of descent about him and just seeing like there's like tears welling up in his eye like his right, one wonder-
1: he, he he turns and looks in the mirror mm-hmm. and sees himself yeah and he's, like tearing
0: up tears of gratitude is is how it presents itself and yeah like that that whole thing was well done and even like listening to the ready room like when they were talking about the prosthetics piece uh, like aspect of like what they were doing they're like it was important that we make sure that they didn't come across as Frankenstein's monster for all of these I mean it, it happens
1: yeah that's an interesting that's an interesting statement and I I'm yeah I'm right there with that it is important that we see these people as sympathetic characters and not just grotesque creatures yeah right and I think there's that really poignant moment in this really we we have seen Picard and his utter hatred for the Borg his just pure and utter hatred right we saw in first contact he's like if you encounter any crew members that have been assimilated don't hesitate just shoot them right and there's that scene where they're running away and there's the crew member who's lying on the ground and he's reaching out, he's like, Captain! And he shoots him. And then, of course, the scene in the holodeck where he's got the Tommy gun and he's just going off on them. Mm-hmm. And then, even earlier in this episode, where he's like, the Borg don't change, they metastasize. But then there's that moment here where he says, Wow, you're really showing what the Borg are underneath all this. And they're victims. Yeah, yeah, and it's like this is a poignant moment. Is is he turning the corner? Is his hatred of the Borg starting to just change? Is he starting to move away from that after all this time?
0: It, it sure seems like it. I mean, that's for dang sure. I mean, up to this point, we've seen the Borg as the big bad enemy. Like they come in, they do their thing, they they try and take over ships and planets and systems and yada 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 but we, we we completely overlook the fact that there have been innocent people, innocent species like from, from within within and without the Federation that have just been taken over by the Borg in general and we don't see the the lives that were stolen from them and now we are. And in such a, yeah. a profound and simple way
1: right yeah and it, it is it's just really good stuff I mean to just to, to show the board hey these are victims like these people don't have a choice and and then Hugh set sa- Hugh even says something to that effect he's like he's like People still look at us as if we're terrible people and undesired, but, you know, here we found a home, and here we can live together and not be reviled. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. It's just, it's just good stuff. This is, this is what I love about Star Trek, is that you can, you can present these situations. Yeah, and once again,
0: I mean, look at us. We've been fans our entire life. And we've been reviled. We've reviled the, you know, the Borg ever since they came on screen pretty much, at least with our watching of it. And now, yeah, you know, 20 some odd years on, 30 some odd years on, and here we are. We're actually changing our mind about or potentially changing our mind and or expanding our thinking, which is what Star Trek does about these things.
1: Yeah, there's there's this qu- p- moment in the episode Scorpion Part One, right? I think it's in Scorpion Part One, where Janeway is doing some research on the Borg, right? And she's looking up stuff, and she has a quote from Picard, and it's something to like. The Borg are the closest personification of pure evil that's ever existed. Do you don't you know, remember this quote I'm talking about? I do. Right. And, like, when you hear Janeway say that and she's quoting Picard, you're like, yes, yes, that's right. That is what the Borg are. The Borg are just pure and utter, utter evil. But, you know, maybe we're starting to change our opinion. And I maybe I'm starting to change my opinion of them personally.
0: Yeah. I mean if I don't know if it's a it's a, if it's an appropriate comparison Eric but I mean we look at Kirk Kirk and the Klingons I mean they were like big bad enemies for all of ne- all of the original series up through yeah. the movies especially with what happens in the movies with right. with the Klingons and his son and it's not, and we were kind of talking about this too like a little bit about the undiscovered country and like how that was kind of that was like a turning point for that was the kirk, turning point yeah
1: for yeah for kirk yep.
0: and this could very well be picard's own undiscovered country so to speak
1: right there's that moment where kirk says in like he's doing like a captain's log or something maybe it's his personal log and he says i'll never trust klingons Every, everything they've done to me i'll never trust them but then you see throughout this movie he eventually does change his mind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And maybe this is maybe this is Picard's moment like that, and I think that's a really interesting character development.
0: Absolutely, and I'm so happy. At least right now I am. I'm so happy right. that that Pic, that um, Patrick Stewart said like we're not gonna do what we've done before. You know, like why, that if if we're gonna do that why do it so the fact yeah. that he he had the mandate in the writers room that we are going to do something different and this is that something different is just fantastic
1: oh yeah yeah why if you're just going to make you know season 8 of uh the next generation why bother right? right after all this time you have to have some kind of new and fresh take on this character and the universe i
0: mean i'd be okay with a season 8 of next gen but yeah totally
1: I think my point is valid, though.
0: Hundred percent, totally. Right. It's totally valid. I yeah, and I get. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so it's from here that we kind of start to get like a split. We got like a little bit of a fork in the road, if I'm not if I'm tracking right, in terms of like what's going on with with uh, Picard and Hugh, and now what's kind of going on with uh, Nerik and Soji. So do you want to divert and talk about Neric and Soji for a little bit, and then kind of. Come back on the yeah, other side. And of and then fork. and
1: then and then they'll meet. They'll meet back up. Yeah, uh, like two sides of the pond, and then we'll meet on the other side. Yep. Okay. So Narek is doing his young dashing spy routine, and he um, he has his meeting. Still, uh, Cersei Lannister is still on the board cube here, right? Yeah, but she's still. She, she toned it down a little bit in this, but still some Cersei Lannister vibes here. She's, but
0: she's in the Red Keep though, I mean, she's just chilling there.
1: Yeah, she's just chillin', and, uh, and they talk, and he says something to her like, uh, Every piece of software has a purpose, and her dreams have to mean something, and her dreams are not a malfunction, but her dreams are a weakness, and I'm gonna use this weakness to exploit it, and complete my mission here. Mm hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing to say.
0: And how, like, she, f- I can't talk. How Narek flat out says, like, you know, you need to be more patient, sister. And uh, and then, like, we see this, like, Rubik's Cube, you know, pinata yeah. thing or whatever it is, like, yeah, do a little the party trick. Yeah. I'm assuming that... This is
1: is the impossible box, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless... Unless the artifact is the impossible box.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the the whole cube could be the impossible box. Yeah.
0: Or the random little, you know, Zen Garden that they go into could be the impossible box.
1: Zen Garden trust walk thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, like, we see Narek, he's like... Okay, I I've been putting all this time and effort in and I don't think she trusts me anymore and I've been pushing her and I need to do a one final push. Right, and he's he's goes to a final push and he basically brings up Soji's mom, which is not real, the mom AI.
0: And it's been and, confirmed for like the 15th time that she's not real.
1: Right. Okay, like the mom AI, and and he brings up, listen, every call to your mom only lasts 90 seconds, or si- 70 seconds.
0: 70 seconds, yeah.
1: 70 seconds. And Soji's like, that's not true. And then so Soji goes back to her room, and she, like, tries to stay awake. Like, she, like, stabs her hand as she's talking to her mom, because the mom AI is trying to put her to sleep.
0: Did you think that she was going to go berserk there for a second?
1: I did. I thought right there she was going to, like, go off at that moment. But nope, the mom AI shut her down. Let it shut her down. It shut her down. But then when she wakes up, she finally realizes, like, whoa. This did put me to sleep. What's going on? And this is where she goes berserk. Yeah, she's
0: got, like, her little handheld, like, you know... dater thing, right? Yeah, like her own carbon dater thing. Hologram thingy
1: Thingy, yeah, which, like She scans every picture, everything She has, and it's like Probable age, 37 months Which is super specific
0: What's so important about The number 37? That's what I want to know
1: Well, well, um Everything happened three years ago And so 36 months would be three years And so, right, Dr. Girardi In one of the earlier episodes was like Everything about Dodge was a complete fabrication and was created three years ago. And Narek says something in one of the last episodes. He says, uh, you were supposedly on this shuttle like three years ago, but there's no records of you being on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I remember that. I'm just thinking, like, what is there, like, uh, another special easter egg kind of thing like with 37 like
1: oh i like if they said 47 or something
0: yeah like i mean in
1: 40 42 excuse me yeah right, that
0: that right. was 42 or 43 i think was a number yeah. that would constantly pop up in like next gen deep space 9 well i was and talking Voyager. about
1: like like the hitchhikers guide to well, the galaxy right there's that too another that, easter egg <laughs> uh, yeah
0: but like that was a thing that they would they would have they would randomly incorporate the number I think it was like forty-two or forty-three in nineteen-nineties Star Trek. So, yeah. I mean, that just might be the conspiracy theorist to me, like with Star well, Trek. Well, but
1: th- we didn't talk about this last episode. But did you notice when? Um, Can we talk about numbers? I'll bring it up. When uh, Chris Rios is talking to um, Rafi last episode, and he's like, Picard and Seven, they're in the, they're in the red they're in the holodeck talking, and he says like. What's her name again? Is it like ninety nine or eleven? He doesn't know what her name is, and so like ninety nine is like Agent ninety nine from Get Smart, and then <laughs> and then and then eleven from Stranger Things. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember I remember him saying it, but I didn't make that,
1: that right. connection. Yeah, That's good. Ninety nine, Agent ninety nine from Get Smart, and eleven from Stranger Things.
0: Man, all I need is some like. Ego waffles, man. I mean, yeah. if Eleven grew up to be Seven, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Seven, Eleven. See another number connection?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that just happened. <laughs> that, that definitely just happened. Okay. Wow. Um, where were we before we got off talking about numbers?
0: So we, we're, we're doing this hologram carbon dating thing. Everything's three years old, and she's having a conniption. Nerik comes and talks to her, and they and she's like kind of processing like what just happened. And he's like, "Why don't you come do some super secret Romulan meditation trust walk in my Zen garden kind of thing?" And she's yeah. like, "Isn't that um, isn't that like restricted to only Romulans?"
1: And he's like, "All the better reason to do it." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they're walking up there. They, like, walk past two Romulans who look like they're kind of important because they're in, like, they're not in, like, a uniform, but they look like they're wearing, like, fancy robes, and they kind of, like, give him the stink eye. Yeah. Right? Did you notice that?
0: A little bit, yeah, I did see that. And then especially, like, whenever he gets to the the little door thing and he's talking to the subcommander and insulting him, I, I re- rather enjoyed that as
1: well. Yeah, she's like, it's not permitted to round ears.
0: Yeah, don't be. You know, uh, sub commanders. Uh, you shouldn't. It was something about like sub commander like, and being an idiot or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like sub commander bars are not for idiots. So do you want yours taken away from you? Basically. Gosh. All right. Yeah, and so yeah, we're in the Zen Garden Trust Walk thing. <laughs> this <laughs> might be. This might be the impossible box, right? I don't know, right? There's. A, there are quite a few impossible box right and is. he's and he's walking her through this dream and he says you're in control right you can figure out everything don't let the dream be in control of you yeah and he's guiding her through there and eventually she looks on the table and she sees like herself being put together pinocchio style
0: which i rather enjoyed i loved I didn't really care too much about like the trust walk and stuff and like take your boots off and, like, whatever
1: yeah it, it has to start the walk has to start with the closing of the eyes yeah yeah I didn't care much about that but I did like the dream scenes
0: and I like that that they blurt out you know the the face and everything I thought it would have been kind of neat to have had like young Bruce Maddox's face or even data's face there. Like, have Brent Spiner be the dad. I thought that would have been kind of cool.
1: Uh, I'm not sure I like that, because like, I... I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I think Brent Spiner and Data was been used perfectly so far in this show, and I don't want to overuse him. But I would totally be cool if when they got to the nest, if there was, like, an old... Like, like you have said, like, a, A real... Uh, organic synthetic data, so to speak. Yeah, that would be, I would be, I'd be totally cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. In if, fact, I actually kind of want that to happen.
0: For there to be like a real.
1: Like, yeah, and Brent Spiner can play play Data without any makeup, right? Yeah,
0: that'd be, I'd love that. I love, love that, that so too. much. Yeah. So that was that was just so cool, and like she's like freaking the heck out, like. Why am I Pinocchio? Basically, like why? Yeah. Why
1: am I Pinocchio? I
0: mean, she doesn't flat out say why am I Pinocchio, but no, like, yeah. But like, she's like just having this moment of like utter confusion and she's distraught, uh, all at the same time. And it was just done so well um, in that in that scene, and I liked seeing the wood, the wooden puppet. That was that was just pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that was just a neat. I mean, you're the you're the psychology person, right? But to see a person as like, oh, I'm not real. I'm being put together. This is an interesting like way to look into their psyche. I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? You could probably explain that better than I can.
0: Yeah, the collective unconscious and you know the stuff that, the stuff that. You is like all dirty smelly, nasty, you can't even see it. Like you're so you can't see it, you're so unaware of it that if you were to look at it it would freak you the heck out. That's going into Freud territory. I don't really want to go into that. But but yeah, I mean that's that's a real thing with like the unconscious and like the stuff yeah, that's there you don't the way, you don't want the to way, see it.
1: The way it can manifest itself. Absolutely. Right and and the abstract forms it can take because some of these ideas your mind can't comprehend them, so it just has to put something together.
0: Mhm. Something to have the most basic representation of what it actually is. Or right, could be Or yeah. could be. Not even what it is, but what it could be. Mhm.
1: And then she's freaking out, Soji is, and what does it all mean? What does it all mean? She's crying, and Narek comes up to her and says, it's okay. It's okay, because you're not real. You were never real.
0: Yeah, we just broke up.
1: We just broke up. Yeah, I'm about to kill you. <laughs> right, like. Well, I mean, Eric,
0: to, Eric, and I didn't just break up. It was it was Neric right. and Soji that broke up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Neric's like, uh, it's you. It's not me. It's you.
0: And in fact, right? because it's you so much, I'm going to um, do some Rubik's Cube action, and uh, I'm gonna, you know, let go of some Thaleron radiation. I mean.
1: What, was red. that thetaron Thetaron no. was green. I know. Thetoron I was being, was green. I was trying to
0: be funny. It didn't
1: work. Okay. I will. Well, it could have. It could. You don't know. I mean, that's but Romulan technology, right?
0: It looked like it. It totally looked like it to me. It to, but, minus yeah. the the red, of course.
1: Right. Like, think. Talk about this. Wouldn't it have been better to put like a bomb inside of that, or whatever they used to blow up Dodge? Right. Like the acid spit or whatever. Well, yeah. is that, isn't that what it was that blew up Dodge? Like some acid spit? Because she like blew up right away. Well, and I, I just feel like this radiation was like not the way to go here if you were really serious. Well I think it was more the disruptor
0: rifle that they were using and like the acid got on it and it, it made the rifle go into some kind of like overload. That in turn was the thing that truly killed Dodge, more so than the okay. acid. At least that's okay. that's kinda how I was seeing it play out kind of.
1: Alright, because um this the same guy at the in the episode when they the siege on Chateau Picard, he did the same thing. He like was able to like disintegrate himself. Yeah. Basically blow himself up. So I feel like there probably would have been a more effective way to do this okay well i don't know that's just nitpicking like we know we don't want soji to die right so the plot demands that she survives
0: yeah and and then she starts you know being a wreck at ralph and busting up the floor and going through the cube and it's kind of at this point that the storylines kind of converge or
1: reconverge I guess. Right, yeah. Yeah, they converge. They converge for the first time. They don't reconverge.
0: Well, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they converge for like for real for right. real.
1: Right. And and so now we're in a chase. Hi. Like Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in this chase and Picard is like to Hugh. You have to we have to find her right now. And she's he's like this can't be right. She's moving too fast. Oh my god, she's activated. But was she actually activated, though? I mean, I mean, partially, right? We know that... Was was Dodge full... When did Dodge fully activate? When do you feel? Was it on the roof? Or was it in her apartment? That's a
0: good question.
1: Right? Because... She was on the streets, and she was still freaking out a little bit. But then, like, she tracked down Picard, right? Using her little hacker skills. And then they were sitting on the bench, and she still really didn't know what was going on. But then all of a sudden, she's like, I hear them coming, and we have to run up some stairs really fast.
0: I wonder if, like, maybe Dodge's activation was more or less when Picard was giving her the talk on the bench
1: okay that's possible
0: because like she's becoming she's gaining the awareness that she's not completely 100% organic that she's this 50-50 mix basically Mm -hmm. and I maybe maybe this point with Soji, it's kind of like a boot up sequence, and yeah. there has to be more of an intervention for her right. to go like into full on like
1: Yeah the, Android. The, a- the activation is not instantaneous. It it's a build up. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense.
0: Which makes me wonder if and this might be like what the writers were intending. I'm wondering if the the Mama AI Sleepy Time soundtrack is meant to be used to <laughs> to to uh, hinder and limit the activation from from fully happening.
1: That sounds entirely plausible. Yeah.
0: Mama AI Sleepy Time soundtrack.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rockabye baby, I'm gonna put you to sleep and keep you from activating. 70 second
0: soundtrack, it's great. What do you want to talk about today? You want to talk about puppies? You want to talk about Dodge? What do you want to talk about? It's only gonna take 70 seconds. Just go yeah. night night. It's sleepy bye bye time.
1: Sleepy bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, then what happens? Soji comes crashing through the ceiling, and Picard looks at her and says, Soji? And she's like, do you know me she's like I know your sister and he pulls out the little the little necklace thing yeah like did you know that you can buy one of those necklaces have you seen that no like yeah if you go to like the Star Trek store on their website there's like a link to some jewelry place that they made the little double circle necklaces huh yeah I think they're like 60 bucks or something like that. Oh,
0: that's it. That's it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Back the truck up. There's um I just googled it just just now and it t- there's one uh place called rocklove.com for 95 bucks you can get this necklace.
1: Okay. All right. Maybe I was wrong about the Maybe I was wrong about the 60
0: it could be somewhere else you got like you know one of those wiki buy things or something
1: right but I think this is like the official replica necklace that I'm talking about because I feel like I saw it on the Star Trek store like the official Star Trek store
0: well it might might be maybe it's just a discount through the Star Trek shop
1: okay maybe
0: perhaps I don't know I'll have to look into it but that's that's cool
1: and then, then what are we doing? Card says, hey, Hugh, get us out of here. And we run down this corridor, and uh, we enter the Queen Cell. And they both recognize it instantly, even though they've not been there, which I thought was kind of neat.
0: Yeah. A little, little, again, unconscious kind of
1: suppressed memory kind of thingy thing going on. Yeah, thingy thing. And um, he opens up this... this I forget what it's called, I'm drawing a blank on it, but I recognized it instantly, this super transporter thing. Was and it I the, knew I the I Sicarians? Knew, yeah, the Sicarians, but yeah. the device has a name. I can't remember the name right offhand, but I recognized Sicarians and this device instantly. Did you recognize this or did you have to think about it? I had to honestly think about it because yeah, I can't remember. I, I, I've
0: maybe seen that was from like season, I think one or two of Voyager, if I'm not. It mistaken. was from
1: season one of Voyager, where they meet this like hedonistic race who they just like to like have a good time. And I feel like that's a a season oh. one trope, a season one trope of Star Trek. Right, there's a lot of Next Generation episodes where you have a hedonistic society.
0: That was the one with like the the administrator who sounded kind of French. He had like some circle hair braid things. Yes, he did. Right, and, and he was kind of like, he
1: was kind of having a thing for Janeway. Yes, that was like it was a, kind of a little
0: budding romance. I want to say that was like around season that was season one episode three or four.
1: It of was Voyager. really early on. It was one of the first five episodes, I think. Okay, so right? yeah, Like, and it's coming be- back to me a little bit because like. Because Harry Kim gets on this transporter pad with somebody, and he's like, how far away are we? And they're like, 40,000 light years. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then they're like, we need to get this technology because we can, like, be home. Yeah. And so it was one of those, like, early, early episode, like, hey, maybe we can have some hope of getting home. And then, like, Tuvok, of all people, tries to steal the technology. Right, yeah. And I thought that was just kind of a nice callback to Voyager, right? I know we had the Seven of Nine, ship last week, but it makes sense that the Borg would have acquired this technology because they came from the Delta Quadrant.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this was episode uh, 10. Oh, okay. Episode right. 10 of, of Season 1 of Voyager.
1: Yeah, so about halfway through, halfway yeah. through. But an early Voyager episode. Very...
0: Yeah, very early.
1: Very early. Yeah. So...
0: And, and like, the rest of this is just, like, drama build-up of, like, uh, we gotta go here, but there's, like, some other stuff, like, going on, and it's just, like, try, we're trying to get off off the queue. We're trying to get off the artifact at this point. And... Uh, we see Elnor eventually just kind of show up to tr- to protect Picard despite Picard saying, you need to stay out of this dude.
1: Right, and um yeah, it's a little unbelievable that he could just transport immediately right to that location.
0: Yeah.
1: Right, especially if that's supposed to be like a super secret place on the artifact. But I'm wondering...
0: And this might just be head cannon or something, but I'm I'm curious if they had like one of those extra little button things that they were using last week to be oh. able to, to be able to have like a a special
1: Emer- uh, emergency transport them out of there if they needed to.
0: Yeah, like their own special VPN beam out point.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe, but um. What did you think about Elnor deciding to stay behind? Like, I thought that was kind of unnecessary. I feel like they probably could have just shut it down and Elnor could have went with him.
0: Yeah, that was dumb. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Like, okay, seriously, you are swearing your sword, your protection, your loyalty, your whatever, to Picard. Your whole purpose on this show, at this point that we know of, is to protect the old man... And yeah. you're and, not gonna go with him through this door thing? Like you could literally walk through Yeah. With him. And
1: I I know I I guess the idea is that Hugh says, Well it'll take a few minutes to shut down and rehide this room and if we don't hold them off in time, the people will just be able to follow Picard through the doorway. And but, I guess that's the reason.
0: But why why couldn't elnor have just gone through and hugh shut the thing down i mean hugh's the director
1: yeah but if if i mean if you want to get into previews it looks like uh even though hugh is the director he's going to be in some serious trouble next week yeah right if if you believe the previews
0: no no i mean everything everything's a lie
1: right. I mean, the previews are not necessarily meant to tell the truth. They're meant to get you interested in watching the episode.
0: Mm-hmm. And we'll probably be watching it. I, gotta, I oh, got a hunch.
1: I got a hunch we'll be watching this one. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. What a good episode. Oh, man. What a good episode. I mean, I said it at the top, I'll say it again. This is everything we've been waiting for since the last five minutes of the pilot episode right yep right when we heard Gerardi say yeah they're made in pairs oh there's another one cut to the scene here's Soji pan out board cube right mm-hmm. ever since those two scenes right ever since those this is what we've been wanting to see and I'm just like why did it take us six episodes to get here could we have gotten to this place any quicker because this is what we wanted
0: i mean hands down we could have totally gotten here at least two episodes sooner
1: at least two episodes sooner
0: and i mean the it was intentional with with the creatives that they were going to do this in a much slower pace they wanted to, one they wanted to be different from discovery they want to have that slower, more thoughtful pace to it, but. But
1: you know, it was like, too. It was too slow. Uh,
0: it was. It was too slow in this regard. Like, yes, we understand that you need to like kind of introduce the characters, but do you really have to do do it one episode at a time?
1: Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like we could have doubled some up. So doubled some people up here. Well, I mean, like,
0: <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, we did that with Rafi and Rios. Yeah. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Did we need an entire episode to introduce Elnor? No. No. No, no. We, didn't. <laughs> no we didn't. No, we didn't. By the way, that that's the only episode of The Ready Room that I've watched so far, the one with Will Wheaton and Evan Evagora, right? Okay. And that was after last week's episode, not even after the episode that introduced Elnor. Yeah. And, like, Will Wheaton, I know he's got to be professional and everything during these interviews, but he was like gushing over Eleanor and it was like really? <laughs> you, you did you see that one?
0: I did. I watched yeah. all of them, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was like you're gushing over Eleanor? I know I know, you know, you've got to be professional and do these interviews. And so maybe it's not real, but it was like, really? I think Really?
0: Par- I think part of the gushing was the fact that Evan was being so gracious to Will because okay. Evan was like, "Yeah, I grew up watching you." type yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's probably true.
0: I mean, that's probably part of it. It's pro- it might not be the whole thing, but yeah, I think that certainly contributed to how kind and you know how giving Will Will Wheaton was towards um, Evan in that particular interview on the Ready Room. So, uh, by the way, for those that are listening, if you don't know this, because I know this kind of uh, caught Eric a little off guard as well. It did. Yeah. Um, on CBS All Access, in the Picard show menu basically if you scroll down um on your tv even on the app it should be on there in the same organization there's um there's a show that is within it it's called the ready room and will wheaton uh played uh wesley crusher on next gen uh hosts this where he each each week that an episode airs he interviews some of the creative teams the creative team the actors um and does some trivia mixed in there for good measure. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's it's good. It's it's an after show. It's great.
1: It's basically the talking their version of the Talking Dead. Okay. Right. You know how like if you watch the Walking Dead, they've got like that same idea, the after show.
0: So I'm still working my way through the Walking Dead. I'm. Well, at you, the, I've I'm not, never
1: seen a single episode of the Walking Dead. I'm just familiar with the after show because okay. it's called talk, Talking Dead.
0: Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that, but that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, it's fun and like you get a little extra stuff. And this week was a little extra spoilery uh, with with what Will Wheaton goes over in the ready room. So, uh, I guess watch this week's with caution.
1: He spoilery? He's spoiling next week's episode? No,
0: just like maybe some future story points in a way. Oh,
1: okay. I see. I want no spoilers at all, but like. And I've said this, like, I don't know when these characters are coming back. Like, I didn't know when Seven of Nine was coming back. I didn't know when Hugh was coming back, right? I don't know if Seven of Nine is going to come back again. I don't want to know, right? I want to be surprised. I want to enjoy it as it's happening. I'm assuming we're going to get Hugh again, at least just next week, right? I don't know if we're going to yeah. get him any more than that. Um, but... The previews are telling us that next week is when we're going to get Will and Deanna Riker. Woo! Come on, somebody. Right? And, <laughs> like, I had no idea when they were going to show up. Uh, this seems kind of late to bring them in. But I also kind of like that they're coming in late because this is supposed to be about Picard and not the Enterprise crew.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And so I don't know how much we're going to get Will Riker if, like... We're gonna get him at the end of an episode, like we have with some of these other characters, and then the next episode will really be the episode that he's on, right? I don't know how that's gonna work. I don't want to know, but I am excited to see um, what Will Riker and Deanna Riker are gonna bring to this story. I I hope. I hope it's more than just them talking.
0: I just the thing that I want to see, and this is just this would be total fan service. But I I really wanna see in a flashback, if we're gonna get if we're gonna do flashbacks, this would make me really happy with a flashback. I wanna see Riker, I wanna see Will, and I wanna see Deanna on the Titan. And I wanna see him wearing his captain pips for more than thirty seconds, is what I wanna do. If we well, can get
1: he, he wore his captain pips for a whole episode.
0: I mean, like, okay, yes, he did. In Best of Both Worlds, for one, he did. But I'm Part saying, two, like, yep. but, like...
1: No, I, the, at, I, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying.
0: If if he was... I mean, the books don't really count as, like, Alpha canon or anything. They're more Beta and Charlie canon at this point. But in the books, he's he ends up becoming an Admiral. And he could very well be a retired Admiral, for all I know, in this. For all we know. Well, but I mean, I, he's I, also... I would, I I would what's love... A, what, what's that?
1: I know it's like a uh, future alternate timeline, but he becomes an admiral in all good things.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? In the future scenes.
0: Yeah, the yeah the future alternate, like you were saying, yeah. But I, I think it would be so cool to see him, um, you know, being on the bridge of the Titan, answering a hail from Admiral Picard, or something like that. That would be t- total fan service. But No, I just, yeah, but,
1: I, I would love that. I just, I'd watch that.
0: I want to. I just want to see him in his Captain Pips on the Titan. That's all I want. If we're gonna get. A, if we're gonna do flashbacks, I just want to see that.
1: Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Eric. Well, we have. Um, I think we've done a pretty decent job reviewing this, and um, it's that time of the show where we kind of give this episode a little grade, rating, a, a number rating, whatever you will. So. Um, let me just go, I always, I always pick on you and have you go first. So let me just go ahead and knock, knock it out. For me, this is probably gonna be like my most gracious one to date. I'm gonna go with a nine and a half on this
1: one. That's really high. You're like, darn right. It is. Like, um, how many episodes do you think in the 700 or so Star Trek episodes? of all time, do you think you've given that high of a rating to? And I know that's putting you on the spot. Darn right it is. Um, <laughs> like, like 50, 100, less... How many episodes do you think you've given a 9.5 to? Because that is really lofty.
0: I don't know, man. I, it, I feel like 8 is a little low for me, and I know that I gave... Actually... I take it back. I do take it back, and it's not because of you. Um, I gave episode one a nine and a quarter. Yeah so, I remember that. So I would actually I will change it and I will say that this is actually closer to a nine, nine and a quarter for me.
1: Okay, okay. I w I, I wasn't my question wasn't to but, make you make you change your rating. I'm just really curious, like, if you're giving this a nine and a half, you're saying this is one of the greatest Star Trek episodes of all time. I don't. I mean. I mean, right? Maybe I don't know. May, uh,
0: I don't know if I'd say that. Maybe it's maybe it's just more enjoyment. I'm not thinking of like greatest of all time. I would have yeah, to. Yeah, but
1: you understand what I'm saying. One hundred
0: percent. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying.
1: Right. Okay. But like, so- I.
0: But like, if I if I did think about like nine ratings. Like, like a 9 and higher, it's probably like in that like maybe 50 to 100 shows or yeah, episodes. Yeah,
1: yeah, out of the 700 or so. Yeah. Sure. Um, I think if you've listened to me on the podcast, you know that um, What You Leave Behind, I think, is the greatest Star Trek episode of all time. That's a perfect 10 in every way. Um, I think Timeless by Voyager is a 10, perfect 10. I think the Inner Light, Tapestry are perfect tens. Um, The Measure of a Man, I think, is a perfect ten as well. And that's probably all of the the perfect tens. And this episode, I'm going to give a really high rating to as well. Um, This is fantastic right here. This is just great stuff. Absolutely. And I'm going to give it... A nine, nine point two five, right there. I'm right there with you. I think this episode is incredible, and it's incredible because it's so poignant, and there are so many great insights from every character involved here, right? From Picard to Hugh to everybody, and this is just amazing stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I really and I don't want to like poo poo over all over, like what we just talked about, but the, the danger, I think with these high ratings, like you get out, you go out on a high, like mid, like middle of the season. And then you kind of, one of two things are going to happen. You've, you're going to either keep that trajectory going and it's going to be, <coughs> excuse me. It's going to be really tough to, to overcome that moving forward. Or, uh-huh the rest of the season is just going to bomb.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think the rest of the season is going to bomb, right? I would be shocked if the rest of the season just bombs. I think the show took its time and was slow, and I really think we're in for a good, if not great, finale. Yeah, for sure. I am really optimistic here. I was down. These last two episodes really got me down, right? They did. And maybe I'm giving this episode such a high rating because in comparison to the last two episodes, it's just miles better than the last two episodes.
0: And I'm right there with you. Like, I did not like the last two episodes despite the fact that they were Frakes episodes.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And for me, it what I, that thought didn't even enter my mind about how these last two episodes were. This was just genuinely good Star Trek
1: oh yeah no yeah but but I can't help but think in the back of my mind that am I rating this one so high in comparison to where we've been yeah and I think that's a natural thing absolutely Mm -hmm. but I like I love this episode this is by far my favorite episode of this show and god I wish we had gotten this sooner (laughs) wish we had gotten this sooner
0: well, we have we got four more episodes for this first season, and uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, just like looking at IMDb, they already have episode one of uh, season two already slated for January 2021.
1: So, has I know I know the show has been renewed for season two, it but has. we don't have a we don't have a release date.
0: We don't, and they're supposed right. to start uh, filming. Sometime in March, so here pretty quick.
1: Oh, wow, because we don't even have a release date for Season 3 of Discovery yet. No,
0: and they just finished wrapping Season 3 production like fairly recently. So if I'm a betting man, Season 3 of Discovery is probably going to premiere sometime in the summer, late spring, early summer.
1: Well, I don't even think it's going to take that long because I think that they probably want to keep the momentum from this show, and I would guess that we get... A month at most from when this show ends to when discovery starts
0: that'd be that'd be really cool
1: right so we're looking at like the end of april maybe the beginning of may
0: perhaps yeah right yeah so we'll see we'll see all right eric well that's that's it for today with um, us talking about uh episode six the impossible box
1: wow Wow, that was it. That was good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah, this is a great discussion. This is probably one of... Not that we don't have great discussions, but this was honestly probably one of our best discussions as far as I'm concerned.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely think so.
0: So, all it right. Helps,
1: go- it helps when there's good stuff to talk about.
0: Tru- <laughs> Ain't that the truth?
1: Right? <laughs> it's like It's like when you're cooking, right? You can cook better if you have better ingredients.
0: Or have ingredients at all.
1: Right, or have ingredients at all, yep.
0: <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to make banana bread without bananas, just saying.
1: That is true.
0: So, now I want banana bread.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, guys, well, um, thank you guys for engaging with us today. Uh, remember that uh, these Engage episodes uh, come out uh, each week on Sunday while uh, the original run is going out, so... Uh, next time we'll be talking about season seven, or not, not season seven, episode seven. It'd be great if we had seven seasons. Episode seven of Star Trek Picard, where we will um, hopefully be getting more than 30 seconds of a, of a sneak peek with the, the Rikers. So um, as always, if you would love to you know, connect with us and tell us what your thoughts on this, uh, this show is, what this episode is about, you know, kind of your reactions to it. You can do that. Connect with us on social media, um, all at TRTVPod on all the things, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have a page and a group, and we would love to connect with you there. Uh, we do our best to release regular updates um, in those locations. But of course, if you'd like to share your thoughts and your opinions and uh, just kind of how you're enjoying the show, perhaps, like either our show or, or the Picard show, you can do that by opening hailing Frequencies and entering in coordinates accordance TRTVPod at gmail.com. You can also do a voice-only transmission um, by entering in coordinates 817 752 You can also uh, send us a letter by using our subspace communication buoys by entering in coordinates to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455 Azle, Texas. That's A-Z-L-E-76098. Guys, thank you again for uh, your loyalty. Thank you for uh, checking out the box, uh, the Impossible Box, with us. And uh, we'll see you next time. And as always, be bold to go and make it so.